in a podcast where two people talk to the future president of the world. I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to call Tashi one of our friends. He's an amazing individual with a brilliant mind. So we met Tashi when we went to Nepal. Um, we went to Nepal because of Tashi. Um, well, Trevor and I had been thinking of, we'd felt called to Nepal. Uh, we, we weren't exactly sure why we didn't know much about it. Um, and I was then researching hostels in Nepal, um, or something like that, maybe best place to stay in Nepal. And the first Google result was Alabar 1000. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, because Alabar is the lead character in my favorite book of all time, Jitterbug Perfume. And I've never heard this word in any other context. So I went on an instant deep Google trying to be like, is this what this is from? And after, I don't know, probably 30 minutes, I found finally uh, Tashi's info and a quote saying that this book was in, or that the hostel was inspired by a Jitterbug Perfume. And then I was reading all of these reviews of the hostel and I was like, OK, we're going to Nepal. I reached out to Tashi and I was like, oh, my God, uh, Destiny, um, can I come do some artwork on your mural to honor this book that we both love um destiny turned out to be a cruel bitch <laughs> well destiny did turn out to be somewhat of a cruel bitch but uh, but i think it was all worth it because we got to meet tashi and uh he shared so many wonderful lessons with us and hopefully our relationship will continue on and we may have the opportunity to go back and finally make destiny be less of a bitch we only destiny our bitch um that's right so what Trevor's referring to is we went to we went to Nepal, we arranged this all with Tashi. I designed this enormous, elaborate mural that told the tale of what happens in Jitterbug Perfume. Um and Trevor and I both worked on it tirelessly. You should see the rocks that <laughs> Yeah, Trevor really studied. He watched like copious amounts of youtube videos on how to paint rocks he was a great assistant um but yeah we worked for so long so hard on this mural and we got about halfway through i'd say and then all of our supplies art supplies were taken and we weren't able to finish the mural and i was really really sad um i'll post pictures of the incomplete mural on our instagram and you can give me your condolences but anyway again but it does give us the perfect excuse to come back to nepal and visit tashi and complete the mural we did actually complete one mural in a cafe that tashi owns that that was a a, a quote from jitterbug perfume and i'll post the picture on that of that on instagram um so that's good that we got to finish one and that one's pretty cool so check that out while you're there as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So for those of you who haven't been to Kathmandu, we we were in the tourist district Tamil, and there is like literally no quiet location in this whole area. So we were recording this podcast in a, in the cafe, the aforementioned cafe that Tashi owns, right next to the quote that we had painted. Um, and there was construction going on outside, so there's a bit of background noise um so yeah please forgive us 
Let's see. What else do I want to tell you guys? Okay. In this episode, so so we had always been recording this segment, interesting or not, and I've actually edited it out of all of the other episodes because I was kind of like, meh, I don't really like this. It's kind of boring. But Tashi's turned out to be really interesting. So you're going to hear this game that we've never introduced to you guys. And uh, yes, and, and now you know that I've secretly have had forced every other guest to play it and... I haven't let you guys hear it, so. Um. Would also like to say that I apologize for those guests that have been diligently following along with hashtag Trevor Big Spread. Yes, we have been traveling. We're currently in Bali at the moment. Oh yeah, shoot! I meant to open with that. Yeah, guys, we're in Bali. Oh, I think we said that in like episode one. I was just casually, I don't know, like, hey, so are we? Do you still want to go to Bali now that we've ready for love? And you were just joking, like, absolutely not. And then you said, yeah, okay, surprise, yeah. we made it. So we're in Bali. Um, Thus, no bread. No bread, and. No electricity. <laughs> no, no. We actually arrived here um, at a very interesting time. Tomorrow is the Balinese New Year's, Nayepe, the sil- the day of silence. Um, so no one's allowed outside, and no technology is allowed. And which they casually threw in to an email after we booked our hotel, letting us know we were not allowed to check out. <laughs> Yeah, we booked it for thir- Wednesday night, and then they were like, you can't book, you can't check out on Thursday. So we're like, well, we didn't pay for Thursday, so I don't really know what that means. But yeah, we extended our stay, because otherwise we'd be homeless and not allowed on the streets. Yeah. I don't know what you do in this circumstance, but... You, you stay at your hotel, that's what you do. Uh we saw the procession of... Oh, yeah, Nayapi Eve. There's a... I don't really know what's going on. Why don't you describe yeah, it? I know. Well, yeah, we, should probably, we should probably have looked up exactly what we, was going on. We also on. talk a lot about cultural misappropriation in this episode. So highly um, fitting, since we are now speaking about something we know yeah. very little about. Um, other than it is the new year, and... Since you're supposed to be silent tomorrow, everybody makes a lot of noise tonight while simultaneously dressing up in these elaborate, sort of scary, gigantic um, monster monsters. I think is the only. I think way. they might be gods, gods monster but... gods, but like really scary version of it. Sometimes the gods are very nice looking. These ones are not. These ones are pretty scary. Tashi is just such an amazing wonderful guy i kept telling trevor as i was editing this episode that listening to him made me feel effervescent he's just like he he's going to bring a smile to your face you're not going to be able to fight it just try let me know let me know if you successfully did not smile at the joy that tashi will bring into your heart he's a really interesting guy i i think this episode will will cheer you up whatever whatever mood you're in tashi has some really great words of wisdom, and they come from such a place of heart. It's just, it was a really enjoyable interview, and he's just a wonderful guy to know. So now you will get to know him too. And without further ado, we present you with Tashi. Occasionally interesting. 
preface all of this by saying I'm a little bit sick. I'm a little bit allergic to Katmandu, so sorry <laughs> for how that might come through in my voice. All right. Today, we are speaking with Tashi Gale. We met Tashi through Destiny and the author Tom Robbins, of course. Tashi has a list of interests and accomplishments a mile long, and the one that brought us together is that he opened a hostel in Kathmandu based on both of our favorite books, Jitterbug Perfume. Trevor and I came to Nepal to meet Tashi and create some art that honors Jitterbug Perfume, its messages, and its connections with this area. Upon meeting Tashi, we quickly realized that this man's awesomeness does not stop at our shared love of the best book ever. Tashi is a storyteller, businessman, humanitarian, innovator, and so much more. Every conversation we have with this man is so interesting. We can't get enough of him, and we're so excited to have him on the podcast today. Welcome, Tashi. Namaste, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, okay, let's get right into uh, what this could you share your story of how you first found jitterbug perfume and how you were then called to create a hostel based on its principles and philosophies uh, it's a it's a long story actually Perfect. Uh, i think the year was 2003 or 4 somewhere around that time i had a friend uh, you know visit uh, visit me from the states she's uh, her name is sarah she she's she's based out of california and then uh, she came to visit us, and uh, and we were walking in Tamil, which is a tourist district in Kathmandu. And uh, and then at that around that time, I was um, listening to David Gray's music. Uh, he's a musician from UK, and um, I really like this song called "The Other Side." And so I thought, hey, like you know, hey Sarah, let's go to this store. Like I would, I want you, to, I want you to hear this music uh, called. You know, I didn't tell her the name, but I just say you should listen to the song. So I asked this music, the the store guy, to play this song. So as soon as the music started, I could see she it it had immense effect on her, and she started like crying, and I was a little bit worried because I don't know what did I do. Like you know, I made her cry now. <laughs> that was a little bit. <laughs> And then I said, I'm so sorry. And and afterward, you know, she said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Actually, the story is not about, like, you know, anything like that. It was mainly that she was reading a book and she just arrived uh, at a part where it talks about the other side. And she thought, what a co coincidence that she started, she got to that part and I made the music store guy play the song, The Other Side. So that's all where it all started, uh, the introduction of the book Jitterbug Perfume. Okay, and so then you read it and immediately knew that you had to revolve your life around it? Or? Exactly. I, I <laughs> She left like six days later and then she, she said, you should read this book because, you know, it will change your life. And boy, she was right. <laughs> she changed my life because I read the book in three days and uh, I think I read it for like almost four times you know in the matter of, in a matter of six months and wow. because it had you know it was so so interesting absolutely okay and so then how did you come up with the idea to start a hostel around it well uh the book was so influential to to me that i knew i wanted to do something related with the story you know from the book and um but i didn't know what you know 
um, the you know years went by. Um, uh, I was living in the states uh, then, and then uh, when the time arrived uh, for me to move back to Nepal uh, in the year 2011, uh, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was I was I came back in Nepal and I was like I didn't even have a business plan or anything like that. So how long had you been in the states for at that point? Oh, uh, at that point I was uh, living in the states for like almost 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So. So yeah, and then uh, I thought maybe why not I open a coffee shop, and then I looked around uh, for space, and then I found this building which was pretty unique but uh, not right for for coffee shop and all of a sudden i thought how about open a hostel because uh during my travels in 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 western europe i remember like having so much good time as a as a traveler and um i thought you know it would be nice to have something like that in in nepal itself so the idea came to me uh, then and then um the name obviously clicked to me (laughs) what could be better than having a name based on the the protagonist of the story, Jirapur Perfume and uh, Alobar himself. And so that, you know, Alobar is a traveler. He loves stories. He tra- he loves traveling and he loves life. And I think we should all share his energy. <laughs> uh, I agree. And, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> That's how we all started. <laughs> beautiful. Um all right. How did you go from living in Annapolis Mountain Village to Los Angeles, California? <laughs> That's a good story, actually. Um, I, I have an interesting story for that. <laughs> um, I was in grade seven uh, studying in a Tibetan refugee school. Wow. And uh, yes, uh, the school was be, uh, built for all the Tibetan refugee living in uh, Kathmandu. And um, and from time to time, we would have volunteers from different countries, mainly uh, U.S. and U.K. And this one time, uh, we had a teacher volunteer from America, but she was uh, Tibetan origin, but uh, born and raised in America. So she already had finished her college and everything, and she wanted to come back in the Tibetan community and help the, the, the kids. And so she was uh, teaching us, um, and then... Uh, one day she told me like she's like Tashi like you your smile is so awesome and so addictive. Yeah. If you were in America and uh, you 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 were you know in America you could be America America's president because your smile is so lovely and Aww. everybody <laughs> will fall in love with you. And then and I'm like wow I think I really want to go to America. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know about being American president because uh-huh. I didn't know at that level at that time the magnitude of how great it was, but uh, and how hard work it is uh, to be one. But I just enjoyed that. Oh yeah, like everybody will love me. Yeah. <laughs> so that then that planted the seed for the dream. Absolutely. Then <laughs> and then I I made my choice. I said, you know what, I'm going to America, no matter what. Nice. <laughs> So, yeah, my journey to America started, the seed started uh, when I was in the seventh grade. Wow. And then when you arrived in America and smiled at people, did they all (laughs) fall in love? Um, Yes, of course. (laughs) I mean, you know, um, I made uh, amazing friends. You know, one of my best friends in life uh, are from America. 
And uh, of course, you know, America is a beautiful country and with amazing, beautiful people. And, um, you know, I, 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 I miss America still yeah. <laughs> to this day. How was it after 15 years coming back to Nepal? Oh, yeah. It's a good question again. Um, um, it was not easy at all I, to, to, to be uh, truthful. Um, I think I, I kind of got used to my living lifestyle in the States. And also mentally, I've kind of adapted with America's way of living and being independent, being, uh, you know, um, being uh, voicing your opinion without, you know, any fear. And these things uh, kind of doesn't work well in, you know, very conservative societies all around the world. So coming back here, trying to bring some change was very um, tough tough uh tough times um uh of course it was not uh, super bad at all i mean i knew you know coming here i knew i was looking for hard times without a doubt you know itself but uh i i my experience coming back was sort of like uh counter culture shock right so like coming back and um, that's a good phrase you know so and, uh, and you also met your wife in Los Angeles, but she's from the same <laughs> tiny mountain village in Nepal as you. Do exactly. You elaborate on that. <laughs> tell, us, tell us your love story. Right, right, right. Story. Um, I um, actually met my wife um, in at a cousin's house. Because um, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, there are only like a very handful of people from Nepal. Uh and so you can imagine, you pretty much know exactly, you know, who they are. Uh, so, so you know, uh, I think year was like 2006. And then I, it was a Christmas party, Christmas Eve party. And um, so it was at a cousin's house. We were having a, like a chat. Everybody was like, like having fun time. And somehow, I don't know, like maybe... We were meant to be together. Mm -hmm. So everybody was falling asleep and we were just having a chat. And it was the, the time for us to kind of like open our heart and really like speak. You know, I wasn't planning that at all. Like it was just, it was very natural. So we started talking, I don't know, for hours and hours. And when I looked at the watch, it was like four in the morning. Yeah. And then I was a little bit scared. I was like, shit, it's like a little too late. I mean, you know, and then... I didn't want other people to have a weird feeling, but the the, the energy was so strong and so beautiful that uh, I wanted to continue uh, in 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 a way. And then, um, so yeah, I uh, that during that conversation, I knew she was the one for me. Aww, that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm so crazy, but. You found each other on the other side of the world. Yes, and yeah, of course. And I, you know, whenever I share this story, like, oh, yeah, like we are from the same village up in the mountains. And but we met in L.A. And it's 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 a story that everybody feels like that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely it. obvious that you were meant to be together. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like fate. Yes. <laughs> I'd say so. Is Nepal particularly conservative? Um. I say conservative uh, because, you know, there are a lot of social values that are people are so um, wrapped up with um, because, I mean, uh, Nepal as a community is a mixture of uh, many different religions and many, 
I think the predominantly religion is Hindu, Hinduism and Buddhism. And there are now like a new, uh, new many people in, in Muslim and Christianity growing in at the same time. Oh, wow. So, um, but, you know, from the Hindu, Hindu perspective, you know, with the caste system, you know, certain castes, you know, you as a certain caste member, you have, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. You can only do this. There's a lot of limitations set upon uh, based on your ethnicity, based on your caste. And that becomes a very conservative uh, ways of, of living, I think, and because of that. But, but, but some, uh, you know, but, you know, my family is from the mountains. We are not from the Hindu religion. We are Buddhist. And uh, even with that, our society has its fair share of uh, um, traditional conservative ideas and rules. So, How does Buddhism impact your life? Um, I think uh, to answer to that question, I think I would say very majorly because uh, my uh, grandfather was the, the, the person who brought proper organized Tibetan Buddhism in, uh, in, in the Arnapurna uh, Valley of, of uh, the, the fir- first part of the Arnapurna Valley in the eastern side. Wow. And um, before that, it was mainly um, some remnants of, of, of bond tradition that uh, we were following. But uh, when he was younger, he went to Tibet and learned from a high master and came back to the village and started teaching everybody and um, made sure in a somehow slowly with time, everybody followed him as a teacher, as a master, and he was very, very popular. Uh, so with his influence, I think my father was was also uh, got the, 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 the teachings of Buddhas in, in, in past to him. So... I think with that family background, I was very heavily influenced and uh, introduced very, from a very early age into the into the teachings of um, Buddha. So, yeah, I think my life is very much uh, like a huge impact with the teachings. Yes, everything you've shared with us previously has been very interesting. Like, um, what was the the map of the right right the the shamatha the teachings of shamatha right um i think you know the the shamatha teaching it's example of your simple mind training right um because shamatha is the very basic basic um meditation level um when you uh talk about Meditation, uh, shamatha is the 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 very very um, the very beginning of the the meditation level, and what I like about it is um, it's the foundation of all your meditation that you do, right? So, uh, and especially mind training, because at this very time, whether you are from the Western world or the Eastern world, whether you are one religion or the other religion doesn't really matter. We, I believe that we all focus on making ourselves a better person by 
understanding our mind better and by setting the right example, right? So first you understand who you are and you try to uh, make yourself a better person and then you set example afterward, right? Uh, doesn't matter whether you're Buddhist or Hindu or Christian or Muslim, right? We need to be a better person. That's the only thing I believe in. I think that's a, a perfect segue to this question. Uh, in our conversations, you mentioned that you've been kicking around the idea of writing a book called The Manual for How to Live. Uh, could you could you share some potential chapters of what would be in that book? <laughs> um, because I mean, you know, uh, the idea of the idea came about uh, because everywhere in the world, like you know, everybody has a way of saying, "Oh, we are the right way. We are the right way." Um, of course, everybody is the right way, maybe in in some way. But at the same time, everybody's also a wrong way, you know. If we don't fix the wrong things in our life, um, we don't go, we, we, we're still the same. We get stuck in the same place forever, right? So I feel like as a, as a, as a human being, as a human fellow, the writing a book, you know, like somehow when I, I mean, I, sorry to go back a little bit. Living in America, like everything is so, like you know, you ha you 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 buy a furniture, you buy a machine, and then it has a instruction manual guide to to assemble that. But I feel like uh, when we we are born in this world, we don't get a guide instruction manual guidebook like that. So so that's what I how I started getting the idea. Like, hmm, if you have a book that at least guides you through regardless of who you are where you're from which religion you are doesn't matter you know because the hum human touch and human connection is always there you know it doesn't change because you are from africa or you're from south america or you're from asia or america or europe you know i think the human connection is the the most important part is the most the most important part you know uh, I think I've heard research being done that the most important thing in people's life is the relationship with other human beings. So that's why I feel like maybe if we as a human fellow work on anything that improves our relationship with other human beings and our environment and our, our where we live, whether you know all the people, all the all the beings there in 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 this environment, then we will be a better you know uh, we'll have a better world, you know rather than having fancy cars and fancy rockets that fly to Mars and Moon and or, or, or fancy clothes and fancy buildings. I mean you know it's a proven fact that no matter how much money you got, it's not going to bring you happiness. If that's the case, probably all the the celebrities, all the the rich people in the Western world, with who has billions of dollars, like like Mark Zuckerberg or or to to name few, like uh, Bill Gates, probably the, you know if if the the happiness is comparable to the money they have, then they will be the happiest person. But I can guarantee that they are not the happiest person in the world, you know. So the idea to 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 build this human connection, that's why I feel like I wanna 
come up uh, with a book like that. And I think you're already sort of living it out too. I mean, I think the best way to to influence other people is to give them an example of how to act. You know, right. it's 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 difficult to convince somebody of that one way is the right way, and it, it you wind up just sort of engaging in an argument rather than doing what you know to be right. And mm. if that turns out to truly be right, other people see that and they're like, well. Mm. Whatever he's doing is making making it was working for him. He's pretty happy. Mm. Maybe I should learn what he's doing and follow that. <laughs> it's spot on. All right, so we have generic questions that we ask every guest. Sure. Um, the first one is: What is the most unrealistic thing you believe in? <laughs> unrealistic thing. Wow. One thing that you know that I can think of, you know, related to that is that I will I can be a Buddha one day. Beautiful. I think it's a great answer. Yeah. All right. If there was one behavior or action you could get everyone in the world to do or stop doing, what would it be? So one to do and one to stop doing. Or, yeah, sure. Um, one to do is like just love each other more you know i think we forgot or we have forgotten in the course of time to love each other more often because all there is love you know seriously like <laughs> with the with the with 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 so-called development we have we are so enwrapped with with so like you know consumed by our work and technological devices and everything that we forget to spend and uh, time with our loved ones and just love each other more. So I wish this is one thing that we all could do more. I would love that. All right. Well, what is the most annoying thing about people? <laughs> These days, um, being stuck on their smartphones mm. And because it's it's one example of really like getting stuck with 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 just I don't know like you know it's a sim, kind of focusing on yourself more and then it really brings you negatively brings a negative relation with you and the world because when you see something okay if it's inspiring you okay fine that's fine but. Most of the people who are stuck on smartphones, they're—I don't feel like they're—they're they're inspired by what they see on all the social medias. You know, M mainly they—they they see oh what other people are doing, and you want to do better than that, or you want to, uh, meaning like more of a competition, more of a, uh, a, a, a like a jealousy and stuff like that. So, so I wish everybody would stop that and <laughs> spend more time with each other. What do you think it is that makes the, the difference between somebody feeling inspired and somebody feeling jealous. What's the difference? Yeah, like what? Why does that? Why does jealousy occur? Some people maybe one per they're seeing the same thing to compare themselves to, and one person right. feels inspired right. by right. it, and another feels jealous. I think it's the mindset. You know, people different people have different mindsets. You know, so in what kind of an environment you were raised, uh, who you are as a person. You know, because there are many different ways to look at in one thing. So if I say, oh, like, hey, Jen, you are so beautiful. 
uh, you could take it positively by saying, oh, wow, like that's really nice of him. He said something sweet. Or you could say, oh, maybe I don't look beautiful and he's just teasing me or he's, he's what? Like he's thinking, saying it the other way, right? So you could look at it from a different angle. So which angle do you want to choose? What lens do you want to put? That entirely depends on that, I think. So I love taking pho- uh, photographs. So when I started taking photographs, I compare the the, 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 the the camera with the element of life, you know? So I would see it with life. Like, I mean, you have the camera body and you have the lens. So in the lens, you can either use like very uh, wide angle zoom lens or like very long telephoto lens, right? So, and if you, I, I view with, with that understanding, I view that, or maybe if you can, you can look at the life from a wide angle view because you see mm-hmm. everything right there. I like that. And then, but if you, in certain element of that wide angle picture that you see, if you want to see, if you want to understand that something better, then you can use telephoto lens and then zoom in and try to figure out, hey, what's happening there, right? But if you get stuck in the telephoto lens, you only see that. You miss out on the big picture, right? So I go back again to the wide angle. That's a beautiful analogy. To uh, quote John Stewart, when we <laughs> when we amplify everything, we hear nothing. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. All right. What is something that is really popular now, but in five years, everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by? <laughs> five years. I don't even know Five what's popular Never. these days, you know, because I'm so out of uh, the loop here. Like, you know, I'm so immersed in my own world, uh, working and being with the family that uh, um, I don't know what's popular. But um, to think about, I mean, I mean, you know, my nephew and you know niece, they, they talk about Snapchat and all these new apps that are like uh, really taking over the youth because I think I worry about the youth. <laughs> most of you don't have the right direction to to follow to uh, seriously in, here in Nepal uh, I can't say for the world but and um, so um, just like uh, something is some fashionable thing and so right now everybody's into that and, and like snapchat like an app like snapchat and and then I feel like maybe tomorrow it'll be gone yeah and hopefully they'll be actually embarrassed by how they spent so many years of their <laughs> life just right there. Yeah. Uh, um, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Who? <laughs> um, like that teacher who said, maybe my smile. <laughs> Aww, that's a great answer. I, I, I'm still, I still have yet to become the American president. <laughs> uh, maybe next, next election I will ask the Democrat Party to elect me so that I can fight, <laughs> I can uh, run against Mr. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I would vote for you. I would vote for you too. Yeah, so I would love to see your smiling face on our currency. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the next uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> what is your least favorite thing about... What okay, is sure. Go ahead. Your least favorite thing about being a parent. Being a parent. Yeah, he just had a kid. Yeah, that, being a parent? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you said it as awkwardly as possible. How old, how old is your son now? Uh, he's uh, my son. He's fourteen months. Fourteen um, months. Yeah. Okay, so what right. do you hate about him? My <laughs> What's your least favorite thing about being a parent? It doesn't um, need to be a bad thing about your son. Oh yeah, I think there's nothing bad about my son. I think I love him so much. Um, uh, he has brought so much joy into our life. Uh, you know, me and my wife and my family, everybody's life that. Um, I can only say good things, but as a parent, you know, of course it's, you know, whenever you have a responsibility, responsibility is something that people, everybody's scared of, right? Um, even from a young age, when we learn to do some response, take a responsibility, it's always a weight on us. So being a parent, uh, it's been tough in terms of, um, you know, doing the right thing for, for, for my son, waking up uh, and, 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 you know, taking care of him, you know, doing all the duties as a, as a parent. So I, I enjoy them all, but uh, there are moments at nighttime, um, it's very difficult for him to sleep and, you know, uh, I enjoy, you know, I try to enjoy that as much as I can, but, you know, not getting enough sleep is not so much fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be human. <laughs> yeah, very good answer. Uh, what is your most embarrassing story from before age 10? Wow. Before age 10? Yeah. Or around there. You want to make it 13 or whatever, but like a young, embarrassing story. Wow, yeah. Um, what was that? Um, I think I'm very quiet person when I was a little kid. I think it was always hard for me to voice my opinion ever ever since I remember. Um, so I've always been behind the curtain, like behind behind everybody. Like I was not in the like I was not the front person child. Like so so that's why um, I don't think I've gone through a um, lot of or any any embarrassing moment I, I can remember think of i think yeah again i think that has more to do with your perspective and your lens rather than <laughs> being quiet because i think a lot of the most the more quiet people uh, would tend to say that uh like wrong I, things more embarrassing things happen to yeah. them but they're more maybe <laughs> easily embarrassed or something <laughs> that's why they're quiet but uh, that's fair all right. I wonder if this is possibly going to be a twist answer. Go ahead, Trevor. <laughs> what is the book that has most influenced your life? Oh, wow. Well, um, as a human being. Um, no, as a frog. <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one, good one. Thank you. Um, of course, definitely Jitterbug Perfume. Yay. Without a doubt. <laughs> I think... Um, Everything that I do, I relate with the story. Um, you know, I have a business named after the main character. Uh, I relate with my life in terms of how I want to live uh, based on the character from the book, you know. Um, I've always said, you know, of course it's, it's somewhat impossible to live, like have an immortal life. 
Uh, look at the quote behind you. Oh, to achieve yes, the impossible, just precisely the unthinkable that must be thought. Absolutely, absolutely. Of course, um, of course, it's true. But what I believe is like you know what I'm capable of. Like at, at the moment, of course, with time I can change the mindset. But I feel like you know my way of being immortal would be to be present every second of my life. What's beautiful. You know, and uh, try to, you know, I know if I'm able to practice that every day, I know my life would be so long that I would feel like I'm living forever. Wow. So. That's beautiful. Like Aw. Well said. Tashi for president. <laughs> <laughs> what life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced? Oh, yeah. I think um, there are many things that I do. I, you know, I do light meditation from time to time, like you know, simple, single-pointed, you know, meditation. Um, I go on hikes, like you know, if possible, multiple days trek. Uh, go in the mountains. Try to uh, immerse myself in the the grandiosity of the. The nature that's around me and gave me a perspective because you know we are human beings and we with the with the bombardment of what's going around us uh, we can be self-consumed and be very egotistical and uh, and selfish and uh, I think my exposure to to the nature and, and it's 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 vastness you know gives me a perspective of um, who I am. So that's... Again, another beautiful answer. It's funny. There seems to be a common theme among the most like grounded people we've interviewed, and it's meditating, being in touch with nature. Maybe there's like one or two other common ones that I can't I mean, I think the, it's there's been very beautiful to see that I was... I didn't write the question of... Uh, the one behavior you want everyone to do like I was really uh, thinking kind of from my perspective of like something along the lines of recycle or don't use unnecessary plastic or something like that and then almost every single guest we've had has said something along the lines of love each other and that's been beautiful but yeah definitely the more grounded people we know are like meditation and look at a tree look at a tree look at the sky (laughs) if you can do that every day well, um, yeah, I think if we do that, I think uh, it'll, it'll have an immense effect on all of us, for sure. Absolutely. What is the most environmentally friendly thing that you do or that you want others to do? At the moment, uh, with, uh, with, with the work that I'm doing, I think that, you know, recycling, right? You know, recycling, of course, um, because uh, in Nepal we don't have a good recycling program like uh, in the West, but uh, it's slowly, slowly growing, and uh, there are a lot of recycled papers, uh, paper products that are coming out, recycled plastics that are being reused and uh, uh, remade into different plastic products. Um, so um, I don't have control over like you know trying to stop it, but if we can, you know, direct our consumption of papers and product into re putting them back in the in the in the cycle of uh, reusing them then 
I, I, this is what I, you know, I'm doing, you know, not 100%, but to some level because we don't have a good recycling program here again. And uh, that is what I've been telling everybody, you know, all my staff, all my uh, families. We got this really amazing uh, bag from store around here that was made. Oh, yeah. Like it was like a really high, it's a really wow. cool bag. Like, yeah, it was like really well done. Where they used just newspaper and they Napoli, folded it. Nepal newspaper. Yeah, and, but it was like a really nice bag. Like we're gonna keep that bag. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I already folded up nicely <laughs> to hang on to it. Right. It was very like, nicely done. Yeah, so that's upcycling, not yes. recycling. Yeah, well, and but. talk about the recycling, uh, upcycle or recycle, whatever. Uh, when we opened the hostel, you know, I had to make sure that I didn't have a negative impact on uh, on on in the environment, and so I, you know, for many things I reuse like the products that or things that are like you know they they consider it damage, so I have them reuse it like like the tiles like you know mm-hmm. people uh, because you know I don't you know who who would like. Like, for example, like, you know, everybody wants only, like, very nicely cut tiles that are pre-made from the factory. But during the, the transportation, many tiles get broken and they're in different pieces. So I I reuse them into, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, plastic in the toilet, in, in, in the bathroom, in, in the outside space. Nice. And it doesn't cost anything. But it it is making making some use. Otherwise, yeah, not going directly to a landfill. To a landfill, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's major. It's really like um the idea that the cob houses. We're mm-hmm. talking about the clay, or right? Because right. you can do mosaics really easily. Right. Exactly. So like, like bathroom tiling, you can get tiles that exactly like you were saying. I mean, it looks amazing. After <laughs> really, it works out great. Well, I wouldn't say like the mosaic because it's it it's very artsy. In, in some way and I think uh, Nepal when I started doing it all my staff and people who saw it they were so surprised they were like what you can do that is it possible <laughs> it looks so nice and yeah. blah 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 you know yeah. and uh, and then uh, now I see some different places are usually started using uh, that's amazing uh, the broken tiles so. leading by example right. that's such so. a big deal I mean just like I feel like the main reason why people don't do things that are better for themselves, their community, the environment is because mm. just like just like why Nepal desserts are terrible is because they don't yeah. have anything to compare to. Compared they haven't to, ever yeah. seen another way of doing things, Absolutely. so it doesn't occur to them. But then they see like, oh, that's an option to reuse mm. broken tiles. Why? Of course. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's amazing. Keep it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Why do people do small talk? Here? ever in the world in this state Small talk. in any anywhere because it's, it's people <laughs> people are very awkward beings you know uh, come on why <laughs> why are people so awkward you're not awkward no uh, because people don't have the patience to understand each other like when you have a long talk you slowly understand each other more and i feel like the the patience level is so low you only want to get to know, really, like only a couple of person. That's how the world is set up. I think it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. You can know and understand as many people as possible, yeah. and that's the problem with the world of loving part. I think the reason why people have can love each other more is because people are so 
like you know uh, stuck on the small talk yeah and don't uh, take out time and 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 get to know each other and and love each other because i think when you spend time that's sharing love you know when you think about all the loved ones what did you do together you spent time together you had fun together you had a good talk together you know so if we can take that time and 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 try to have a quality time with with everyone that you meet in the world then i think you know we don't have to have a small talk we can have long talk and <laughs> super long talks beautiful okay um unless you have any other questions of this variety i'll move on to it all right this is a segment called interesting or not where uh it's rapid fire i say a word and you have to say only you only have two options interesting or not okay and you can't explain yourself during the game but you can explain yourself afterwards okay. if you want to okay. okay ready okay ready reiki interesting mycology i don't know <laughs> you don't know what it is it's like uh it's like mushrooms and Oh, really? Very interesting. interesting. Study of fungus. <laughs> very, very interesting. <laughs> also, I meant to say, I define interesting by whether or not I would Google search it myself. Like if somebody says something, I'm like, huh, you know, that stuff. That's yeah. my bar. Yeah. All right. Astrology. Interesting. Juggling. Uh, interesting. <laughs> You're too nice. <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Very interesting. Beekeeping. Interesting. Puns. Pun? Puns. Like, <laughs> puns are puns of fun. Puns. Um, Did make word, more word puns play. right now, Trevor. Like, how, what do you mean puns? I'm having trouble coming up with a pun of puns. A pun of puns. You're just replacing other words. Quick, we need to call Annie. Uh, wordplay. Wordplay. Wordplay, like, word yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I think I'll, was have a all interesting. Demonstration, I'll have all interesting. I'll have all interesting. You're going to have to help us come up with stuff to add to the list that isn't okay. interesting. All right, ready. Superfoods. Very interesting. Homeopathy. Interesting. Politics. Not interesting at all. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, <Are> you sarcasm? <laughs> we spent two hours earlier today I know, talking I know, about I know, politics. I know, I know. It's interesting, but when you have interesting individuals then it's very interesting but when you talk about in- not so interesting individuals in politics and what they are doing then yeah. it's not fun at all that's a very fair that's distinct- a distinction i'm doing bad at following the rules here i keep asking you more questions all right hashtag me too interesting kids very interesting chakras very interesting cultural misappropriation Mm, interesting snapchat not interesting <laughs> meditation very much interesting past lives very interesting marijuana interesting spirit animals interesting fairies interesting plastic free living interesting <laughs> psychedelics not interesting out of body experiences interesting hypnotism interesting ecstatic dance interesting aliens not interesting conspiracy theories not interesting all right 
Yay, good job. <laughs> I did it. You did it. Well done. There, I'm alive. Are there any ones that you'd like to you know, uh, cl- clarify on? Or, you don't have to. What are, what are your about. feelings about cultural misappropriation? Yeah. Having lived in two distinct yeah. cultures. It's always going to happen, I think, you know. Because, I mean, you know, we all... I mean, you know, like, especially living in different culture, like, um, the persp- it's all about perspective, right? So when you think, you know, my experience of America would be a little bit different than somebody else's, right? For the same reason, like, you know, as a local, my experience of Nepal wouldn't be same as your experience in Nepal because you're here for a short time as a traveler, right? Even if you're a local, you it would be a little different also because how we see base, is based on what kind of a lens we are putting on, right? And even in the, in the lens, you have a choice of putting different lens filter, right? So there's like different colors that you can use, different, like you want to bring more more warmth in it, you know? You want to yeah. play with that, you want to bring more coldness in, 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 the, in the picture. So, so I think, you know, cultural uh, misappropriation is like it's it's ba- totally based on how you how you exp- how you perceive it like your mindset but for me individually um, I'm very open person so I always try to see it and especially like you know America has been a country that I've been living very closely uh, uh, as my second home and I understand it and I know there is a go- thing going on there and this is this is a this is for the Americans to figure out, right? There's there's a, some form of disharmony going on. If this is something. Uh, this is a big adventure for the Americans, you know, mm-hmm. for, for for you guys to figure out. So for me, you know, I can see it from both angle if I want to relate with. But uh, what I see is I see you know, what should be and what is. And I can only see that. I cannot judge, oh, yeah, this is this, this is that. That's because I mean, it's difficult. We've talked about this a lot. Like, you know, we're going around, we're looking at different clothing, and right. I get There's nervous about purchasing and clothing with, like, you know, Ganesh this has, or this something. Has the Buddha. I'm wearing a sweater right now that has right, a hand-painted eye. Buddha eyes on it, and, like, yeah, we haven't bought any clothes with Ganesh because even though we like the, it, yeah, we're, we're totally on. But I don't think I have the knowledge or the okay, okay, appreciation okay. of what it would mean to wear that. That it would be it would be kind of rude. But at the same token, I also feel like imitation is the biggest form of flattery, and, and like I would feel honored if somebody was to take from my culture but i recognize also that i come from a culture that a privileged culture uh, yeah one of privilege that it's different when it's the other way around so it's hard for me to take a you know which perspective should i take as an individual coming from that culture when when immersing myself in others and any advice well um i think um i mean for example like you know there was uh there was like some designs of shoes going around on internet that I saw, which had, which was made of fabric, but designed of Buddhas. 
Buddha, all different Buddhas, on the shoes for some big fashion house. And um, I think for something like that, it's very uh, a sign of full, like complete disrespect. Yeah. Uh, I think f- for many Buddhist community, right? So if it was, I think if it's it's coming out locally, for example, what you're wearing with with design of Buddha eye and and uh, uh, um, uh, like double dorje right there. If the design, if the clothing and design is coming from, uh, are coming locally, and you are buying there, then they would they would have a better understanding of what is right and what is wrong, right? So I mean they won't cross the, that barrier or the, the cross that line of what is not appropriate. But if from different culture coming and trying to do and like you know because artistically it may look good. But culturally, it may not. Be. I mean, so one of the items that we've talked with people about that is like a major item of contention in right. America is moccasins. Right. So even if you're the buying shoes, moccasins yeah. from a Native American, American vendor yeah. who's made them or right. whatever, but and you're a white them. person wearing them, mm. then some a lot of people think mostly white people consider that cultural misappropriation and totally inappropriate or and even further that you shouldn't wear native american jewelry like like you shouldn't wear turquoise ever Uh, things like this uh and and which i find to be a little like i don't don't think you can like lay claim to a whole variety of stone (laughs) or even i mean i don't like what you're saying, I think it totally makes sense if you're buying moccasins from the community, from somebody who has made them and knows like what they're doing. And also, I mean, by wearing moccasins, I, I would imagine that you're not insulting anybody. Whereas, well, I don't like, think if I was to put is on about my shirt, I would be insulting a them. large community. Well, you would be directly. I mean, that's not allowed. But. And I would say that is the worst version of cultural right. misappropriation. But, but I think most, almost all the time, in the examples that I see are are people really liking something and thinking it's like amazing or beautiful and somehow wanting it to be a part of themselves or their life or the, how they represent themselves. Mm. And then other people, again, in my experience, exclusively white mm. people yelling at white people. Um, what was the term? Um, <laughs> Outwoke? Yeah, Aziz Ansari <laughs> recently had a stand-up. Do you what know Aziz Ansari? Of course, yeah, of course. He's awesome. He, he, his, he had a recent stand-up special where he said that like 2018 is the year of white people trying to out-woke other white people you know this term woke yeah Um, so it's called woke (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm really woke and i'm really enlightened uh, yeah i'll try to outdo one another like uh, you shouldn't wear turquoise i feel like everything is your intention like if i'm you know right like i mean i can if i have uh, in good intention, sometimes I can do some mistake, even with the good intention. But if I was told, corrected by the right person, say, oh, yeah, I don't think you should wear that because it is a disrespect, then I can immediately change that. You know, as a human being, we don't know how many cultures are in this world. We, 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 you know, every individual in this world, we hardly even know like more than, you know, like just like ten percent probably of the the of the cultures in the world right yeah. even in nepal we have almost 100 more than 100 different dialects what yeah different dialects That's different crazy. languages i mean not like written but spoken dialects there are like more than 100 of them in nepal 
Wow. Can you imagine? It's no, a small country. It's one, one third of the size of California. Damn. With more than 100 different dialects. It's mind-boggling. Right? I don't even know. Like, I only know my own dialect and my uh, and the main Nepali language. You know, I'm, we have to, I mean, Nepali language is the language that, you know, goes by, you know, uh, uh, everyday, day-to-day talking. And, but... Um, you can imagine, like, you know, I don't know, even forget about outside Nepal, even within Nepal. There are so many different cultures that I, I don't know what is the right thing. But I know if I have a good intention in my heart, sometimes even if I make a mistake and I, w- you know, if they correct me, I will change that immediately. So I think rather than judging, oh, yeah, somebody is doing that, I think let's stop judging each other and start it start loving each other and you know if somebody is doing something wrong tell them hey dude hey you know that what you're wearing is not appropriate man i think it's disrespect for this community or disrespect for this community and if somebody says it nicely of course you will you are bound as a human being you are bound to change that because you don't want to hurt somebody else so that's a beautiful sum up of that whole argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. It does seem like, yeah, the the main thing missing from at least many of the, the white people trying to outwoke each other is that it's, it's the opposite uh, of love, you know? No yeah. one's coming at it trying to be, like, very lovingly informing others. At least that's how I, I don't feel. Yeah, they're not trying to lovingly be like, you know, why don't you look at it from these perspectives? I, it definitely always feels more of a, like, look at me and how much knowledge I have about other cultures. I'm incredibly uh, intelligent and wise and knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, and it's it's not coming from a place. Of- True. Like, um, like I think uh, living in the States, I mean, one thing I felt like maybe it's that's playing a role in, in, in shaping the American culture is uh, like, you know, the, the focus on yourself a lot. It's like, um, and I feel like, you know, that has a lot to do with uh, American culture becoming a very indi- uh, uh, like a individual focus family, individual focus society. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Nepal, like, you know, it's a community-based Society, community-based, you know, uh, everything is What does is that based. mean, to be community-based? It's like, you know, you like you have an identity because of your community, whether it's your work community or whether it's your uh, ethnic community. It's everything is, like, ethnic-based. Everything is community-based. Like, you know, your family live together, your cousins live together. Every, everything is right around, like, you know, in your world cycle. And for uh, on the other hand, in the states, you know, I remember many of my friends. Uh, they would hardly see their family. They would see maybe once a year in Christmas time or or some holidays time, except for that. But here we we see our family like almost every day. That's awesome. You know, so I feel like, and that has to do, and I think, and that also has you know something. I felt like. Um, that plays into effect is the concept of space. You know, in, in America, the concept of space is such a integral part. It's so important for you to have your own space, uh, for you 
somebody wants to come see you, even if it's your like friend, they have to call you first and they have to tell you they're coming to you, right? And you have a space. They cannot come to your space un- until you allow them to come to your space. Whereas in Nepal, the concept of space doesn't exist at all. What? Go yeah. on, elaborate. Not at all because, you know, my any any friends or family, they can just come into my home any time of the day uh, and knock on the door like, hey, I'm, I was just walking by. I, I, I stopped. I, I thought maybe I say hello. And then I say I have to invite them in, offer them tea, offer them coffee, offer them meals if I'm we are it's a meal time and um and that's wild we yeah. like waited outside of your office door for like 15 minutes today because we felt awkward about going into your space and unsure of how to enter it. Like, not at all that's, that's how don't even into, i mean i that's oh, i can't even begin to comprehend no. yes i know <laughs> it's it's crazy um, how, so do you feel like i don't was it super? Was it weirder going to America and seeing how like scared everybody was of intruding right. on each other's space, right. or was it weirder coming back to Nepal after all? Uh, well, all okay, years? yeah. First, I will tell you, like you know, going to America was super weird because <laughs> first of all, I never been outside except for you know a small trip to New Delhi, and then so all my you know my understanding of life and family and people was you know was completely based on my experience. Uh, in Nepal so it's all like family it's all friends and it's all like you know people all the time so but when I went to America it was completely different because everybody had a schedule everybody everybody had a time and when they can fit into fit you into their schedule especially in LA right and I mean you can imagine like you know and and so that was super weird. It was like, yeah. made me feel like, you know, I was not a real person. Because, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I can fit, I can have my own schedule also. But if I care about someone, I can fit, you know, him anytime, any day. You know, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Right? When it matters, like, you know. and But my priority over me, like, oh, yeah, my, my I need my own time. I need to read my own book. And, and it doesn't really come very easy to me. Because I was not used to it, so um, it took some time for me to understand that. Because even though it was not something that I would want to follow, but I, since I lived in that environment, I had to really understand that. Did anybody like explain it to you, or did you just like pick up on it? No, I had to pick were... it up myself. Yeah, like, it was that's not... gotta be so weird. Yeah, and well, and some experience because I was, I had you know experience of dating. A lot of uh, like American girls, like white girls from different communities. So, you know, they also helped me understand that a bit um, to some extent. But uh, mostly like, you know, like try to figure it out because I can compare now. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, um, and energetically, uh, you know, I would say, oh, yeah, like if you care about someone, I am showing it to you. It's obvious because I don't have two face. I'm this is who I am. I'm. And then, and 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 a friend of mine said, "You know, Tashi, you really have to express it. You know, if you if you vocalize your emotion, uh, that's when the other person knows it. You know, it just because you have a great feeling or great thought or great you know energy towards uh, some other person doesn't mean that he or she would receive it. And so, so I mean, there were many things like you know that 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 I had to 
understand by with time and as as we move forward and but at the same time as i got a little cozy and uh, got a, got really like to have my own space slowly then i moved back here and then it was you know a full circle of like like dude like you know now i have to re uh, rewire my brain into you know uh, letting go of that my personal space and then uh, <laughs> being you know forgetting the space concept and then getting back uh, in the community base uh, you know concept again so i uh, felt like it was like a one full circle yeah that idea that's why i've never wild. conceptualized that as like a a societal rule i it never occurred to me that that I, what other things are there of <laughs> american culture that that we would have no idea aren't uh, everywhere or at least what are some big things what are other things that are majorly different from america uh, uh, i can't think of too many things now i mean you know um how do you feel about this whole space thing did you ever think about it being a cultural concept not in terms of like dropping in i guess i mean but you do you feel like do you feel like it's innate within you like you were born to want your own space i don't know i mean because when i was younger we had you know my my house was always like open so i had friends dropping in and out uninvited yeah it was when we weren't even there yeah hang out with my parents like (laughs) you know um but so you got a I think slightly different version. I definitely, with people that I'm not very close with, have what I, I probably would have considered an innate respect, if you want to call it that, um, you know, fear. Like, like, like you said when we were like, "Should we just knock on the door?" <laughs> <Yeah. store?" laughs> we were like, so awkward, and it feels so silly now <laughs> hearing this. And then yeah. finally, we just like knock. Uh-huh. We're like, "It's a curtain. What do we do?" There's, uh-huh. We don't know how to respectfully approach this space. <laughs> <laughs> you could have seen us being so. Sorry. I think you know what I feel is that um, by being in both culture, this you know, uh, and experiencing good amount of time, what I realized is that it's all formality. You know, uh, I mean, I know uh, everybody loves their own space, you know, to some extent, but I think the concept of space has been brought to the the highest level that it really takes you away from the whole picture of of being together with other people you can in in one i think is like okay you can only be with other people when you are having like hey let's you know have a uh, you know uh let's go this this bar together like friday or saturday whatever and then you go out and have party like you know like and drink and socialize i mean why can we do it every I mean, not every day? But I mean, you know, more often with different friends. Why do we need so much solo time? You know? I think that's something I miss a lot from my childhood, having grown up, having drifted apart from like that base friend group a lot of needing there to be an occasion in order to see people, uh, you know, and and. I feel like there's a lack of closeness that comes with that. Right. Where, right. you know, I need a reason to see you rather right. than just wanting to see you. Right, which right. is, I think, pretty sad. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, remember, I mean, when I was living in L.A., my sister was, you know, had her boy and girl, like my nephew and niece. Like, now they are, like, a lot older. 
my nephew is about 20 and my niece is about 15. And when they were growing up, like, you know, uh, they say, oh, yeah, like, you know, you need to have a play date to go play, you know, when you are off, you know, when you get off from school and then when you, if you want to play with your friends, then you want to have a play date. We don't have a play date here. Like, you know, you, you just leave your child out in the, you know, like in they meet friends from neighbor, neighboring, yeah. you know, neighbors and they just hang out and play in the street or in somebody's yard. And that's what they do. Like, you know, I think it allows like when you set your own space, then it, it stops you from loving each other more. I think, I mean, of course, sometimes having your own space is nice also. I know. <laughs> There's a great uh, TED Talk on tiny homes. Uh-huh. And they go into one of the benefits of having, like, like are you familiar with the idea, like, the tiny home or, uh-huh. um, and, like, and families? And, like, in today in the United States, when you have a kid, they'll, like, you know, go to the room and they'll play video games for hours on end. Mm. But if you, like, are really going full into this tiny home idea there's no real possibility for your kid to do that. So it forces you to be in each other's presence more often. And they, they go into depth about how that affects the family unit. And it's very interesting. I recommend is, it. Is it, it like talk. mostly pros or? Yeah. Mostly pros. Mostly. Give, give us like a few. Jesus. It's been like two years since I've watched it. Um, when a kid's angry, there's no go to your room. Which is kind of like, you know, the kid's angry at you, they act up, and then they get sent to their room in isolation from you. Which, if you kind of think about it, is is kind of backwards. Yeah, Mm. dude, I would never do that. Oh, my God. Like, Mm. when you're angry with me, I'm like, talk to my face and don't leave. Or reverse that. Even if the kid has done something legitimately wrong, and then you send them to your room as a punishment. And, like, isolation, I don't think, is a really effective form of of Mm. behavior modification. Mm. Uh -uh. Um, So it sort of, it prevents that aspect of, parenting and, and um in favor of a more open communication but all like all those kind of ex- everything everything you could extrapolate from that sort of principle down to you know even when a child's angry or when a parent's angry it forces you to sit down with one another and talk about it it also forces you to go outside more often something we've mentioned on this podcast is a good thing to yeah. be sure that's the alternative is well then go play on the tree if you want to get away from your family which <laughs> yeah dude that was therapeutic it's good, yeah. it's a good, uh, that's very interesting we'll, we'll well how, how do we like have a slightly larger house and still just integrate these these useful concepts into our culture and families i think you can still have your own unique space but then not use it as a parental tool to yeah. send your child to mm. punishment I'm also saying that as not having kids. And <laughs> not, I can totally understand how sometimes you might just want to be like, get, get away, away from me. From me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I guess we'll see. It's natural. It's natural. To yeah. so tell your kids to go away? What's that? What's natural? Meaning like, you know, having sometimes, because, you know, you can be, too, you know that your your kid can be too much to you, right? Sometimes you you'll be like, you know, I wanna get out of here. I wanna, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, I used to be really judgmental when I worked in the restaurant industry. When I would see uh, families at the dinner table, and then like the kid would have an iPad up mm-hmm. watching a movie as they were, and I was like, geez, that's just like. And I, I was saying this to my sister, who and I now have soon to have four nephews oh, wow he doesn't um, know that it's a nephew coming oh, his sister true. just told us that she oh, was wow. pregnant. 
Congratulations. Maybe, maybe a niece. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, they, don't, they don't know yet. I haven't. Well, I've been trying to Skype her, but uh, she just waiting for she just texted us two days ago. Time difference. She's going to bed early because she's pregnant. Right, right. It's been a nightmare. Um, so <laughs> I, haven't, I don't. I don't really have all that much information other than <laughs> she's pregnant. Um, but it was my other sister actually. Hopefully, who, she will have told your brother by the time this podcast comes yes. out. <laughs> that uh, she was like, yeah, you know, that, that is as a, as a standard practice, probably not the best parenting move. But you also don't know what that family went through that day. Like, you know, that <laughs> kid had been screaming its head off for twelve hours straight. This true, was their true. one opportunity to sit down for a meal, not embarrass themselves and everybody, like, and make everybody else in the restaurant angry. And they just needed thirty minutes of quiet. Right, and right. I was like, that is true. True, true. I'll give you that one. I do not know what that family's yeah. gone through. I'll try to be less judgmental as a general rule. I think is always yeah. a good idea. I think sometimes, like you know, um, like I mean, exactly. I think sometimes it's like um, very difficult, like because um, you, um, I mean, you know, we're not perfect. Everybody's learning, right? So we we try to do things the right way, but um, we cannot because we still we have limitations. You know, of course we can improve that limitation but you know so you know when when it becomes too much then you can like you know for in this in that case like i can relate that with that also those parents also because when we travel to thailand me and my wife with our son we you know for to eat our meal we had to show him the 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 some cartoon uh, shows on on youtube it was we, we didn't have any other choice because he's like oh, either he's picking up Thing, everything from the table or so it was a very oh. difficult so we just allow him to watch for 30 minutes while we eat our food and then then we i can totally sympathize with that because <laughs> like, right. i've also seen how kids can get when they are not 100 percent occupied sugars go across the road <laughs> get kind of crazy it sounds like <laughs> Trevor just made an attempt at a rapid uphand motion. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Well, any other things you you want to mention or promote or me? Uh, well, you know, um, of course, there are many things to say and talk about. It never ends. You know, when you have a good conversation, it keeps going and going. And uh, um, but I think. The time is. <laughs> the, time the time has, has come, come <laughs> to to. Well, this but this time, all right, yeah, we're gonna obviously delayed. do round two when we come back for Alibar version two, and then we'll do another podcast. For sure, episode. for sure, for sure. See how things have changed. Thank you for taking time. Yeah, thank you so much for busy. doing this. Thank you so much. Of course, of course, it's our pleasure. Of course. Bye. Bye. Bye.